Hi everyone and welcome to the Finding Your Freedom podcast. Um, I'm so excited to have you guys here today. Um, I'm recording not from my typical spot, um, not from my typical spot anymore since I am moving. Yeah, so just a few life updates and then I will tell you guys about the episode and get right into it. So for next week, we have a really exciting guest coming on the podcast then. Um, I'm not going to give it away, but it's really exciting and I can't wait to release that one. Um, As far as for me, I packed up all my stuff in New Orleans on Sunday and Monday and left and now I am with my aunt and uncle and my cousin in Savannah, Georgia. Um, So yeah, I've just been taking a little break after my 10-hour drive and spending some time with family and yeah, it just feels really good to be able to record. Um, It really it really just feels super grounding and really exactly what I need to process more of the move and you know how big and how important my time in New Orleans was so I'm really excited to share this episode with you guys and especially if you were a part of my time in New Orleans I think this will be really really special for you to hear um and even if you weren't just to um to know a little bit more about my story you know what happened after 2018 and 2019 uh kind of the story of why I started the podcast and um (laughs) the amount of things that happened in New Orleans in the past the nine months that I was there was crazy I, I learned so much and experienced so much that I know that I need to um, um, give thanks to show my love for the city and dedicate this podcast to um, New Orleans and Tulane and everything that I learned there. So yeah, those are my announcements. I am leaving tomorrow to go to North Carolina to see some of my family there. Um, driving to DC and then I'll be in Boston by the end of next week, (laughs) which is crazy to say. And then starting work kind of a week from then. So yeah, lots of changes and lots of newness on the horizon. Um, and yeah, and I don't know, I don't know what this new chapter has in store, but, um, I feel like it's something, it's something big. Um, it's so interesting because I, I felt like that when I think this is a perfect segue for me to get into talking about New Orleans and everything I learned there and experienced there. But kind of right before I was going to leave New Orleans, I knew I knew how big the step was and how much I was going to learn and just how much my life was going to radically change once I made that decision. Um, and I was right. And I feel like now, since, I guess since I changed so much in that time, I, I'm like, I don't know if I can even change as much as I did in those nine months there. Um, but yeah, so when I moved to New Orleans, I knew that everything was going to change for me, that I was moving in the right direction, that it was exactly the place I wanted to be. It was exactly what I wanted to be studying Um, and I knew if I had kind of that purpose that was grounding me that that I was moving in the right direction and with living alone and having the space to the space to reflect and grow on my own that a lot of not just career stuff would be growing but a lot of life stuff would be happening too which was true So, so yeah, I got to New Orleans in August of last year. Um, (laughs) I packed up my car, didn't have any furniture or really anything, 
and I went to New Orleans. Also, I should probably, I feel like I should say this more. We're kind of just segueing into the episode, but this episode is just going to briefly, you know, talk about what I experienced there um, and the main lessons. So kind of bringing you through what happened in those nine months, but from kind of a perspective of the lessons that this place taught me and how New Orleans allowed me to grow as a person. (laughs) So yeah, I got there in August and looking back on Madeline, August of 2019, um, I just feel like, oh, like little baby, like she had no idea (laughs) all the stuff that was going to happen. And yeah, it just feels like a completely, um, a completely different person after all that I've experienced in New Orleans. But you know, I, I moved down by myself without any furniture, without any stuff. I slept on a yoga mat for like a week in my new apartment and very slowly got stuff to kind of put my apartment together. Um, I was so happy to be there and just falling in love with my neighborhood and the apartment and the space. And I started school about a week later and it just felt so good and so aligned I I felt like I was exactly where I needed to be and after you know like a year and a half of (laughs) um, floundering I guess floundering that needed to happen for me to find this um, it it just felt so good to be filling my day-to-day life again with something that I was super passionate about something that was you know had the ability to help people not um you know, not just, I guess for me, by the time I was like done with waiting tables and everything, when I left home, I just felt so like I couldn't stay another minute. I couldn't be doing that another minute or I was just going to lose it. (laughs) So it felt so nice to, you know, I've gotten to that point and be like, oh my God, I'm so ready to be back in school. Because when I finished undergrad too, I really felt like I needed the break and you guys have listened to the other podcasts from from my break from all this discovery and searching and um you know personal growth and myself I was able to find my way back to school in a way that felt a lot more aligned and exactly what I wanted to be pursuing and I think too kind of relating to school something I had like a lot of a lot of worries about that I've tried to talk to some of my friends going to grad school Um, about as well is in undergrad I was just I was so anal about school and grades and just stressed out all the time about you know being perfect Um, and I knew with this that I wanted my life to be really full of other things and to not to not be so wrapped up in school that I made something that I actually really enjoyed and loved stressful like I did in undergrad. So that was a kind of a process the whole semester of me being really conscious of not doing that. (laughs) So yeah, so when I was getting to New Orleans, I broke up with my boyfriend at home and was just kind of exploring, um, I think too, I'm just going to say as I'm going to like separate it into like my first semester and my second semester, what I learned as far as lessons. Um, and like, I guess the big three things from the first semester I learned were, um, they were related to family, career, and, um, like romantic relationships, which obviously those are very broad areas, but I just want to kind of separate them into those areas for you guys and then, you know, allude to those themes as I'm telling the story. Um, So yeah, I'd just broken up with my boyfriend at home and I was hanging out with this guy (laughs) um, who I thought was fun, but he wasn't. I don't know a better way to say that. So it was August. I had just gotten there and, you know, falling in love with my new home, falling in love with school, 
um, my neighborhood, my area, and just really, really, really loving that. Um, and really being in tune with kind of my spirituality and the divine feminine and really just like wanting this chapter to be a really intuitive and, you know, heart-spaced experience and getting really clear on that. Um, yeah, and I think we'll go into September because this is when shit hit the fan a little bit (laughs) and the lessons really started. Um, so when I left the Outer Banks, everything was just kind of falling apart, frankly. Um, work and relationships, my family, they were all falling apart. Like, my family relationships were really not in a great place when I came to New Orleans. Um, I was breaking up with my boyfriend and the job I had had before, I was like, oh, never going there again or talking to those people. Um, (laughs) shout out to them if they're listening. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so... September started, my birthday is September 5th, so usually September is really exciting for me, Um, but it seems like a lot of stuff usually happens in September for me. Um, So two days before my birthday, um, I can just remember like having some negative thoughts and being a little bit down, like am I smart enough to be here and like all of those, I don't know, kind of like negative self-talk and I was literally in my head and kind of distracted and I was driving um, and someone ran a red light and I T-boned them and my car was like completely totaled and it took like hours for anyone to come and it was just like this whole disaster because I needed the car to get to um, to get to grad school every day. Um, so it was just and I needed it to go to stores to buy stuff to get furniture to you know have furniture in my apartment because I think at that point I just had a bed maybe a dresser it might have just been a bed um so that happened and I feel like from what happened with San Diego and stuff I had enough um like resiliency in myself to know that it was going to be okay I think I almost had like so much faith that I didn't realize how hard it was actually going to be and how much it was going to affect my life financially and just emotionally and just like in a lot of different ways um but that happened and then so I guess go back to August a little bit when I when I first got to New Orleans I'd emailed a bunch of labs that I was interested in joining Um, And the two that I was the most interested in joining got back to me um, and I ended up getting into both of them and it it felt like so good and so aligned and especially one of the labs I was like, this is exactly the research I want to be doing, like this is so exciting, like um, I think it just felt really good and really aligned, like I already got here and this lab starts working out and I have interviews and I'm getting into labs and that type of thing. So the day after the accident, I went into one of my labs And this lady had heard that I was in two labs, which isn't illegal, (laughs) but she was not very happy. And she was like, I heard you're in another lab. You have 24 hours to decide, like, this lab or nothing. Um, So that was obviously very jarring. And the next day was my birthday. So I was kind of just, like, freaking out all day. And with the car accident with that, I was, like, getting so behind on school. And I was like, what do I do with this lab? And it's almost my birthday. And... I don't have a car and I don't know what I'm doing. Just moved to a place of like, I have no clue what is going on right now. Um, so yeah, that happened. I was also dealing with like breaking up and then going on a hinge date. And then I got back together with my ex-boyfriend for a couple days. And then I was like, why did I do this? Um, and did that. Um, but we were still talking, I guess, as friends. Um, so that was going on and he was supposed to be moving from the Outer Banks to, um, to pursue a life that he was happier about. Um, but so he was just texting me a lot and all these anxieties and fears and all of the stuff that was coming up for him. And it was just like so much. And it was like during my birthday, he was getting more and more, um, anxious and like text, like sending me so many texts about all of this stuff. And it was just, like, so much to handle. 
um, on top of everything. So the the day of my birthday and then the day after um, was really great. My 22nd birthday was really weird (laughs) and hard. Um, And my 23rd was really great. I one of my friends came and we just had like a really good night and if you've seen my videos on Instagram I like sang some random song and then like this random guy sang a song for my birthday and like I don't know it was just like really cute and fun and I felt just like really free and just so excited to be in the city and not in my hometown with all these people that had known me since high school that I just like wasn't friends with um and didn't feel like I could be myself Um, and then the next night I had a party at my house and I invited all of my program and like almost everyone came and I was just like so excited about that because I'd, you know, just been making friends and people that I'd met in yoga and I'd only been there for like two weeks. So a bunch of people came and I don't know, I just felt really excited and it was just like a really, really, really good night. Um... But after that, things kind of started to get um, challenging, I guess, in the domain of family stuff and with guys. Um, So with the car accident, I just, you know, was trying to process, like, how do I get to school every day? How do I get the stuff I need? How do I, um, what am I trying to say, like how do I even go about getting a new car now? Because I just had bought this car um, and just like go about getting a car in this new place. And like now that I'm a student again and I don't have an income, they won't give me a loan. And yeah, it was just like this whole um, fiasco situation that I really um, needed someone's help with. And I can just remember like just like asking my family for help and I just felt and pretty much almost all of September, I, like, didn't talk to them at all, and I, I really, I don't think I asked my family for help until October, um, until I just, like, cracked, and I felt like I was, like, holding so much weight, and, like, the ceiling was, like, crushing on me, um, just, you know, starting grad school and trying to adjust to that and working in the lab and the car situation, and it was just, like, and not having furniture, and moving to a new place, it was, like, there was just way too much that I was trying to, to balance, um, and then with the guy that I'd kind of been hanging out with in New Orleans, he just, what, he just, like, we kissed, and then he, we had been really good friends, like, he was my first friend there, and, because I had stayed in his Airbnb, I guess in January and February before when I was driving to California and back and like we ended up like kissing one night and then I just I guess it just like freaked him out and then I tried to get in touch with him because he'd been my friend just like I think to help like put a couch together for me and um yeah he just like completely ghosted me and would like pop in for a second and then like not talk to me for like two weeks and it was just like this constant cycle with him and I I can just remember this kind of all building up over September and also another thing is that I had to cut off (laughs) my ex-boyfriend because it just like got like there was just like all of these voicemails about being anxious to leave and all of this stuff and I was like I cannot handle this like I have so much on my plate right now like please I can't handle this so I cut off things with him and then there was this like other guy that was more just like my friend and was ghosting me and we just ended up kissing one night when we were drunk and it was just like this super weird situation where I think it kind of built up in September but by October I just felt like like no one's there for me like my family can't come and help me I don't have a relationship with them I don't talk to them no one's here to help me my one like first friend I had here completely ghosted me no explanation we've been friends for months like why can't anyone show up for me um why can't anyone help me so obviously that was really hard (laughs) 
and I remember just seeking more support in terms of therapy and coaches and things like that to try and work through a lot of this and you know just meeting other people and obviously having a lot of good moments and I can remember when everything like this felt pretty hard it was like at the end of the day I was like I'm not on the Outer Banks I'm pursuing what I love I love grad school I love the people in my program I love what I'm learning even if this is hard um nothing compares to when I felt you know hopeless and I didn't know what I wanted to do and was just pretty miserable um at home so that was kind of like always grounding me that you know that I was so happy to be there even though this had been unanticipated and was really really hard and hard to you know get into any type of new routine in the city when I didn't have a car and just didn't really feel like I had a lot of people to help me um so yeah I guess by by October um by October all of that was like underneath the surface like building and building and I was like I need a new car like I can't stop I can't stop I can't keep ubering to campus like there's not a good public transportation system um it's like four miles I could probably have biked but I was like I just I'm not gonna do that and I feel like people were like why didn't you try public transportation more or biking or whatever And it was like every week I felt like, okay, at fall break, I'm going to get the car. So it's only a month of this. So it won't be too bad. And then it was like fall break would happen. And then I couldn't get the car. And then to be like, well, next weekend I'll get the car. Um, Thanksgiving, I'll get the car. So it always felt like I was about to buy a new one. Um, But then it it wouldn't happen. So it was just really hard to plan for and really frustrating. So kind of into October all of this was building, um, and just, I guess, kind of a side note, um, this is so interesting reflecting on this, because I also have a lot of stuff to talk about, um, all that I learned so far this year, so we'll see how long this episode is, it might, might be a two-parter, we'll see, um, and this is kind of a review from my, like, part three of my story, um, just a little bit, more in depth and with a different context because obviously I've lived longer and experienced more in New Orleans and kind of had more insights on everything that happened. But yeah, the side note, um, I was kind of just having body image issues and just like that was coming back up and I had like gained some weight and just like with the stress and everything there and not being able to get in a routine or really work out and being really broke, like, um, I just was feeling kind of self-conscious, so into October, I remember everything just getting really, really hard, um, kind of just trying to handle, you know, handle all of these different things that felt like they were happening, um, I can remember like a really peak moment for me in October was it was fall break when (laughs) everything was starting to fall apart it was like I I had just been so like I can handle all of this I can do all of this like so sure of myself um, that I could and then it just got to a point where it was like I'm drowning I need to ask someone for help I can't do this all on my own I am so overwhelmed with grad school and not having any furniture and trying to buy a car and in this new place and I really just need help right now and it was kind of just like at that moment that I realized that I needed to reach out to my parents which I hadn't really been talking to them and I can remember I can't remember if it was just October or September too I think it was October and November that were kind of the hardest months for me like once I reached out to my parents and like I felt like they were going to come and help me and then us having conversations and then crying and then having to do my homework and it was like 
so emotionally draining all the time because I was always talking to them and thinking someone would be coming to help me and then no one would be no one was coming and then it would be the next week and they would and then no one was coming and it was just like a nightmare really um so all of that kind of broke through over my fall break um in the beginning of October like I can't do this on my own I need help I need to get a car now um and yeah I just I am feeling very overwhelmed um and I think I was at that time already starting to kind of see the lessons and you know I was kind of seeing like the surface level lessons during that time of of you know what since I drove across the country and back I haven't been super super careful with driving um and that that I it (laughs) what was that that it was just making me more cautious um yeah like a better driver and more aware which I think it did teach me that lesson just to be a lot more focused and people in New Orleans just drive kind of crazy so you have to be like extra focused there um because people just don't really follow like traffic laws um so yeah I kind of learned that lesson but I don't think I realized till later what kind of the deeper the deeper lesson was so I'm gonna put that side story on pause about (laughs) my family in the car and go talk about boys for a second um so (laughs) I got ghosted by like my neighbor friend person um and then he would like come back and it was like he was doing the same thing as my parents he would come back and be like like oh yeah like everything's fine like what do you mean I didn't mean to hurt you like I'm gonna be there and then he'd vanish for like two weeks or a month or something um and it was just so um it taught me so much um but it was just so hurtful um and also kind of have my parents doing a similar thing at the same time wasn't great um and then I was hanging out with another guy and then hanging out and then we just ended up becoming friends but I was hanging out with this other guy and (laughs) this is so funny I just like wonder if these people listen to my podcast but I was hanging out with this other guy and we were having like a pretty pretty decent time I would say like I didn't see (laughs) I didn't see a future with him but I was having fun and I liked hanging out with him Um, and we were supposed to meet up at a bar and like, I saw his friends there. I talked to his friends. They were like, Oh, Blake thinks you're so cool. Did I just say that? (laughs) Sorry. Now, now the world knows. (laughs) I'm not going to edit that out. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm dead. (laughs) All right. Anyway, let's just call him something. Bob, Bob was there um and bob took home a guy in front of me um and then i never heard from him again um so obviously that even if i didn't care about him that much was obviously very hurtful and immature and just like shitty um so that was also going on that all this like boy whatever nonsense was going on i still can't believe i said bob's name (laughs) oh well (laughs) don't don't be an asshole i guess (laughs) Um, but anyway um so yeah that was going on um i was just kind of like getting ghosted by guys and i guess learning a lot about that in hindsight i i cared i cared too much about it um like i i almost feel like i had to experience that to um, to be more in my power and more in my worth. Um, so it didn't feel like a personal thing when it happened. It was more like, you know, I didn't really like him that much. That shows who he is as a person. That's not who I want to be with. It was more like, um, it just felt really personal. Um, and with the two people. So that obviously wasn't fun. So yeah, going back to the the, the parent storyline, um, this is definitely going to end up being two parts. 
Um, so going back to kind of the parent storyline of what was happening, I can remember that I took a trip to to Florida to the beaches and I I just felt like I really needed to go to the beach for some reason um and I'd never been to like Tampa in the St. St. Pete area um and I had planned to go to Pensacola like when I still had my car um so I felt like I really wanted to go to the beach or I needed to go to the beach and like just have some space and like be in nature I guess so the weekend after fall break I went to the beach and it was just like the it was it was just the weirdest trip um I just felt so like so weird in my Airbnb and just like didn't I just really felt like I like wanted to be home and I felt like uncomfortable and it it was interesting too because I can remember when I left home originally, I felt so at home in the Airbnbs because my, my home then was so bad and my home now had been so good that I felt weird in Airbnbs, like the contrast with that. But I think with like being home and being back on the beach, it like, it like almost re-brought up all of these things related to my family and related to the Outer Banks because, you know, that's a beach town too. It was like being on the beach, I was like, feeling all of this this stuff come up and like all of this stuff that I felt like I needed to deal with um and I think at that point I I had like more of a relationship with my my dad at that point like we talked a little bit more me and my mom were just like really not speaking at all um and I can remember I called her when I was there and I just, I just broke down into tears and was just like, I feel like I don't have a relationship with you at all. I don't feel like I have a mom. Like, we never talk. And I just, like, I feel so heartbroken that this is our relationship. And I don't feel like you feel the same way. And I was just like bawling my eyes out and she like was saying that she cared but it was like very much like no emotion kind of thing and it was just like it felt like I needed to say all of those things that I said and that that was really important to me but it I don't know it didn't exactly feel like it was a step forward it was kind of like it needed to be said for my own good and my I can remember my mom was like well I want us to have a relationship but I think she said something like but I feel I felt like you didn't want to have one with me like I felt like you didn't care about having one with me and so I think it was like kind of a step maybe towards trying to mend that but I I also felt like I wasn't ready to mend it even it was kind of like I'm really hurt that we don't have a relationship um but I don't feel like it's my job to put in the effort to fix this because I feel like I've been trying for like four years to fix our relationship and I don't know if fix was like the right word if it was like or not even the right word it was the right word that's what I was thinking but I, I think I had the awareness that maybe part of this was acceptance it wasn't fixing it it was like accepting what it was and just feeling into what I wanted and not because I had in the past I've had just this mentality of um you know wanting to fix everything and trying to make it right and trying to make it right and like I still did that a lot with me and my dad's relationship moving forward um and it did not get me anywhere so I think I had done that with me and my mom in the past and I was done with trying to fix things I just had to let her know how I felt and then the rest of my time on the beach I was just like having all these flashbacks of like being on the beach and it I I felt just like so like confirmational to me that like I never belonged by the beach I don't fit in here I don't fit in with these people I don't want to go back to the beach any beach um and just that I'm not supposed to be (laughs) by in a beach town like I just am not supposed to be in a beach town um at all right now at this time in my life 
um, cause I, I can just remember I went to like some bar to use their bathroom or something when I was sitting on the beach having all of these reflections and working through stuff I'm gonna read a post from that time actually because it was a really good one um, and I was having all of these reflections and I can remember I saw all of these like beach people that were just like just like kind of like didn't seem like they didn't give a fuck about everything they were just there getting drunk and like yelling and I was like yeah I really don't like this <laughs> um so yeah I think it just really confirmed that I'm not supposed to be in the beach right now and that I never I think it confirmed something like I already knew that I just never felt fully at home where I was from like I just never really felt like I fit in there um, and as always, when I talk about the Outer Banks or anywhere, like if you love it, you're content there and you're listening from there, then amazing power to you. Listen to yourself. Good for you. Um, I just never felt like I belonged there. Even when I was a child and when I was growing up, I just never, it never felt right there to me. And I think it was just a lot of confirming that. But I'm going to read my post from from then and then we should be able to get into november and yeah that's definitely going to be a two-part thing (laughs) let me see so this is what i wrote when i was there maybe your 20s are supposed to be lonely and confusing sometimes and maybe they're even supposed to be fucking difficult sometimes if you really care about the life you're making for yourself If you care about the impact you make in the world, the way you show up for others, and the way you make others feel, maybe each and every moment is shaping you into the human being you are destined to be, and every moment of fear or loss or confusion is just prepping you for the love and joy and clarity to follow. Don't fight the darkness or the depth, but embrace it. Feel and find wonder in the depth of human emotions you are able to experience. There's beauty in each moment. You just have to be brave enough to feel it. I just like, I feel, I feel in my feels just from reading that. Like I was just really in the thick of so many deep emotions around family and stuff during that time. And I had learned from, you know, starting this spiritual journey that, you know, it's hard but that that's what you're supposed to go into that's what you're supposed to feel and learn from and all all of that stuff <laughs> so yeah so that was really good and important <laughs> so i came back from that trip um and it was very hard to get back into back into schoolwork after that um just how kind of draining I feel like the trip and everything was and I think from there I was really trying to seek support from my dad um which sent me down a whole crap shoot (laughs) of experiences um and kind of ending up October, I <laughs> met this other guy, or he had been kind of in my program-ish, ish, um, and ended up seeing him on Halloween, um, which I had a good Halloween, a goodish, a goodish Halloween from what I can remember. Um, so I ended up seeing him on Halloween, and we ended up like hanging out. I guess November 1st, the day after Halloween, and started, like, having this, I guess, thing, I guess you would call it, I don't know what you would call it, um, and he was another teacher, um, so yeah, I'll talk about that for a second, and then we'll transfer back into family, and then getting into a lot of career learning that I had, um, and then part one of an ode to new orleans will almost be done so yeah from feeling into this episode and how how this is all going um i'm gonna say that there will be two parts and yeah we're gonna delay that guest which i'm sorry but that's how it goes sometimes um to have part two next weekend 
next weekend next week um i'm clearly just in a weird space recording this in my my aunt and uncle's house but yeah it's gonna come out next week and it's gonna be about what i learned in 2020 in new orleans before i left which there's a lot (laughs) there's a lot that i learned in 2020 and specifically in quarantine so yeah going back to this guy um Yeah, so we hung out a couple times and we're just like making out and stuff. Um, and he just like refused to take his pants off, <laughs> uh, which was odd. Um, and then we like tried to have a conversation about it, but like it got nowhere. And then he was like, just I hope you're like keeping everything secretive or said something like that and I was like I'm really I'm confused so I felt really weird after that whole experience um and kind of like rejected and confused um about what was going on um because it, it had kind of happened before and then it happened again and I was like okay like this is just a weird pattern that's going on um, so we ended up, I ended up saying, like, let's just be friends, um, after, like, the weirdness of it, but he was, like, in my classes, and it was just, like, really awkward, and I felt really weird about the whole thing, and, like, just super, like, emotional about it, so that was just, like, a weird, a weird thing, um, and then it was November and it felt like every single weekend my dad was telling me that he was about to come <laughs> to help me with my car. Um, so I started to get pissed because every single weekend he was telling me that he was going to come help me. Um, so I can remember just calling him out about it and then completely getting it like turned around on me like I haven't done anything wrong like you can't be understanding like multiple times and then I would end the conversation and feel really bad or I would be like crying after or like I would be upset because I would feel like he's not coming he can't show up for me and then I would be upset and crying and be like that's ridiculous blah 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 and completely shut me down um like multiple times and it was just like I think the end of October November It was just like conversations with the week, me trying to get my dad to not be defensive and be honest that he wasn't coming, he wasn't showing up for me, and like to really just be like, you're either have to come or not. Like, you can't just keep stringing me along like this. Um, And he just like wouldn't, and it would escalate all these fights, and I was just like, you know, trying to do schoolwork, and I would come home and have these conversations and just be like crying, and it was just like such a disaster and within that it was I think when I had first moved there it was like I was really having to kind of accept and I think going back to the car accident the the big lesson that the car accident was was it brought up this healing that I didn't want to do around my parents and accepting the people that they are Um, and not expecting more than what I was going to get out of them, which I kept doing with the car, um, and trying to get help that I needed. Um, so yeah, it just eventually got to a point where it was just like weird yelling all the time and it was just yelling at me for being emotional and like it was It was honestly just, like, really showcasing him being really, really selfish and um, really dismissive. And I'll say this lightly, but I definitely felt like I was being, I felt like I was being gaslighted repeatedly by him. Um, And I would go in with all of these points that were super valid, and then I would be like, completely shut down thought I did something wrong thought I was expecting too much and then be like a crying mess um so it was was, yeah it was gaslighting and um 
was emotionally abusive, really. Um, and it just got to a point where I was like, I I can only do the best that I can right now. I can't get a loan. I have this check from my car that was totaled. All I can do is just do my best and try and find a functioning vehicle right now. So I just like went one weekend and just bought a car. And it was super hard and super stressful. And I was like, this is a sketchy used car dealership like I don't know if I can trust these people I feel like I don't have any help and my dad like kind of tried to help and then ended up like yelling at me for like thinking about buying the car too much so it's just like still kind of a fiasco and by that point I was like I was like well I just really don't want to talk to either one of you ever again like I'm so done with you guys I'm not going out of my way to talk to you because it's so detrimental to my mental health um so so yeah that was happening the guy the guy stuff had happened and I finally had a car again which was beautiful um because I didn't even know how I was gonna you know get home for Christmas and all of those things um and (laughs) the anxiety about going home for Christmas was just progressively building like I was just so terrified to go home to the Outer Banks um, because so much trauma had happened there. And I was just, obviously me and my parents were not in a great spot. So, especially me and my dad. So I was not excited to go home, but I kind of felt, I guess, like a little bit trapped in like, I have to, um, I had to register my car in North Carolina anyway. So it was like, I had to go home at least to a certain extent so like the anxiety about that just like kept building in November um I think even in October I was thinking about it and feeling anxious but from there November was also a really big time for me um career wise and facing my fears um on really stepping into my fullness and that's kind of like when I started to get I guess the message of you know, what my, what my intention or theme for 2020 was going to be. Um, cause in 2019 it had been freedom and I think I really, <laughs> I really did embody that and find, um, my path and my freedom and with, and freedom for my family and setting my own boundaries and accepting them for who they are and the freedom that came with that. Um, and I was getting kind of the the intention for 2020 which was going to be power (laughs) it's funny that I'm doing this but I feel like this is helpful for me I'm going to read a post and then kind of talk more about the fears I was facing on stepping into my fullness so I'm not making any apologies or holding back my truth anymore on what I believe, my dreams, and how I feel. The world does not need any more repression of truth. What we need right now is more conscious, heart-based leaders to step up. We need to speak our hearts and fight for what we believe in. We need not be scared to speak our truth and embody our freedom, to ask the big questions, what is my soul calling me to do? The world does not need more numbing out, using alcohol and drugs and food to forego the truth and our pain and all that does not resonate with us in the world that we live in. We don't need any more sweeping things under the rug and just accepting the way things are. We also don't need negativity or hopelessness. The world needs the truth. The world needs your truth and your personal medicine. We all need your story, and we need your love. I'm not holding back my joy or my sadness anymore, and most certainly not ascribing to anyone anyone else's timeline or expectations of me or my own past perfectionistic ways or an old paradigm of the way things are supposed to be. This is saying fuck it and living the life many tell me isn't possible. It's to fighting for my dreams and dreaming so big, even if it feels like all odds are against me. It's about fighting for the life I want and honestly begging someone to try and get in my way. 
It's about walking through the fire and ending up in the light. Through the doubts and the fears coming up in the past few months, thank you. Thank you for scaring the hell out of me and bringing me to my inner truth, the soft whisper that says, keep going. I just like feel chills from that. Uh, That's like so much of the turning point into this year and what I've really been stepping into (laughs) from that message and yeah just chills (laughs) November Madeline knew it was up actually um so yeah for for me I was realizing the career that I wanted from this from this you know experience in grad school I was realizing that I wanted to be a psychiatrist but also be a researcher and also be a teacher that I wanted to teach classes, that I wanted to treat patients, and I wanted to do research to improve my treatment. And that's already a lot. I also wanted this podcast. I wanted my own online business. I wanted it all. And my whole life, I've been told, you can't have it all. You can't love your job and love where you live and blah, 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 blah. Like, my whole life. And in that moment, I was really just, one, stepping into... I can have it all and really sitting with the fact of what does an MD PhD mean for me and do I feel resistance because this isn't right or do I feel resistance because I'm terrified Um, and through sitting with that I, I felt resistance because I was fearful because I had this story of the type of person that was capable of an MD PhD and I wasn't that person. I was too spiritual, I was too fun, I was too pretty, I had too many interests. Um and I just wouldn't fit. And I had that story on repeat and oh if I do this then my life is I won't have any time for everything else. My life will I don't know, fizzle out, it'll it'll suck. And I just sat with each one of those, those fears and those beliefs and made space for them to leave, made space for me to realize that they weren't true, that they were just fear of really stepping up and embodying a dream that felt huge to me and not allowing fear to stop me from from doing that so that was a really big moment for me with realizing that that was what I wanted to do and I also trying to remember it might have been right before Thanksgiving break Thanksgiving break was when I bought my car and I think right before that as well um, I went and met with one of my teachers about one of my assignments or one of my professors and she had said something I was like well if I want to get a neuroscience PhD like I need to get more neuroscience experience like I don't have enough like blah 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 and she was like your PhD material right now you could get into a program right now and it just like clicked with me and I was like really and then I can remember doing some kind of reflection and journaling and working with like with new moon or full moon energy I can't remember which one it was one of them um I think it was new moon and Sagittarius if I remember correctly um and kind of working with that energy and it was like so clear to me that I was meant to apply to the PhD program at Tulane like it was meant to teach me something but I wasn't meant to do the program and of course if some if you're getting that intuitive hit like I'm supposed to make something happen that's due in less than two weeks that would be ridiculous to try and do in two weeks during finals make that happen and you're doing it to teach you something but not because you actually want to um do the program or not because you're not even supposed to do the program um and I guess I kind of talked myself into like well I really love Tulane so like maybe if I just stay like maybe that is what I'm supposed to do or like I don't I don't know why I'm doing this but let's if I can make this happen in two weeks which is really like unheard of then I was meant to apply um 
so yeah going into the end of November into December um I was able to get letters of recommendation and like record time even from my super busy researcher psychiatrist person um and I was like okay well I meant to do this I don't know what this means um but it was it was a really challenging finals week just really hard and a lot going on and I was sick and I was trying to get this PhD application in that was due the day of my last final and I also was supposed to leave a couple days after finals to go home and kind of like what I had talked with you guys about before of like the anxiety was just building <laughs> for going home like getting so so bad um so that happened I got the PhD application in I finished out my semester and I was just I can just remember finishing and I was and finishing my last day of classes and I was just so like overwhelmed with gratitude of like I don't want this semester to end this has been magical like I love everything about this I love my classes so much I love my classmates and just like so many tears of gratitude for having this opportunity um in grad school and feeling so aligned and so good and how much I loved it and I remember I got home that day and I had a package from my mom and she had sent me a mini white Christmas tree and I think I might have already been crying but I like burst into tears um and it was like just the the symbol of that felt like it was this this huge step forward in our relationship of just unconditional love and support and I texted her about it and I was like so happy about the Christmas tree and just like crying and it just felt like this really healing moment I'm gonna see if I have the messages because we also had like a really um really deep conversation from there side note too still struggling with body image stuff which you'll hear about next week's episode how that was all tied to everything and how I worked through all of that I think I, I so I posted an Instagram just about how I was so happy about this semester and how much I just loved what I was doing and she texted me after after I was like thank you so much for the tree like it means so much to me um like it just felt like this really like this this white flag but it was like a white tree of like maybe me and my mom will actually have a relationship and our relationship has been tarnished for three or four years and like maybe we can actually move forward and she be my mom again um so she said yeah just listening to yesterday's insta i love you you've always taken my breath away love you always I said, committed to following my life's purpose, and this was the perfect step along that path. I'm eternally grateful for this program and the connections I've had. It's hard to even express. She said, I love you and want the best for you always. You will always take my breath away. I can't even explain a mother's love. Even if under, even if undeserved, you are better. You struggled so much and you went on. I'm so proud. And it it felt like in that moment, like I, I always felt like my parents didn't really understand me. I just, I felt so understood and seen and my mom acknowledged all the struggles I went to, went through and where I was going from there. Um, And yeah, just really acknowledged me as a person and I just felt really supported and it's making me like choked up even thinking about it um so it was a really beautiful moment and yeah from there I was packing up to go home for Christmas (laughs) still super anxious to go home (coughs) and um had a hard time (laughs) over Christmas with family and not feeling like I belonged and when I 
was driving to the Outer Banks. I remember when I was an hour away, I just started literally having a panic attack in the car because um, I felt like I couldn't go back there. Um, and actually when I was home, me and my mom had a lot of really healing conversations. Um, she gave me books, one book by the author of The Alchemist and then a book by Gloria Steinman and I felt really seen and understood in that and then she got me a stethoscope too and just more tears um with that and yeah with that (laughs) me and my dad and my stepmom had more issues (laughs) um when I was home me and my stepmom got in a fight and then me my dad and my stepmom were trying to get me to like watch my little sisters like the whole time I was there and like it was just this whole like really frustrating situation um and I just like felt so eerie and like bad being on the Outer Banks like I couldn't wait to not be there um so yeah Chris Christmas break was really hard and really draining and I was driving all over the place and I just felt super anxious and like I wanted to get back to New Orleans the whole time um so that was really hard if I could go back I would maybe say um not to have done that and to just relaxed but I came back to New Orleans I got there two hours before 2020 started um had a pretty strange New Year's it went into 2020 and then I was sick for a week after spending time with my family on the holidays Um, yeah, and then 2020 started, I started my reflection, and I set the intention of power for 2020. So, yeah, I hope you guys like this episode. I know I've talked about a little bit of this on the part three of my story piece, but this goes a lot more in depth. Um, yeah, a lot more in depth. And I think I'll just kind of summarize, like, the three takeaways with my family that the car accident brought up things I needed to heal with them with my mom accepting who she was working towards trying to mend our relationship and communicating that and with my dad seeing that he just would never that he was always going to be kind of selfish to an extent and not be able to show up for me in the way that I needed and um just not how do I say this? Never validate my emotions. Never be able to have this deep conversation and felt feel like he could not be defensive. Um, and it was really hard to realize because I kept trying to make kept trying to make my parents into the perfect parents that I wanted, and it was like grieving the parents, grieving the truth of them, and grieving the parents that I wanted. Um, so that was really hard. That was a big thing that the accident brought up for me then with boys I forgot to mention like there's like some other dude before I'm calling him a dude um some other guy before I left that I like reached out to him to start something and he just never responded so I felt like ghosted again um and I think from all of the guy stuff it was just like really teaching me to be in my power more um and not not to just hang out with people not, I don't want to say not to just hang out with people for fun because there isn't anything wrong with that, but it, it kind of taught me to, you know, not give time to people that I didn't actually really care about because you still, you accept people that you don't feel like are worthier of you and then they do things that are bad to you and then that, you know, that's not being in your own self-worth. So I think that was something I learned of just like, you know, with myself and my relationships, like really stepping into my worth and you know, only accepting, like, what I deserve in relationships, and also just, like, with the ghosting and stuff, too, really being able to see that it wasn't, it wasn't about me, and to kind of change, like, my mindset on, I don't know, on dating and stuff, and things still got weird in 2020, but still lots of learning, and then with my career, just, really facing all the fears to be able to live the life I wanted with all the things, with being a professor, um, a researcher, a psychiatrist, and 
a podcaster and an online business, badass babe, like all the things. So those were the main lessons and yeah, stay tuned for next week to hear about 2020 and my quarantine lessons in New Orleans. Lots of good stuff. New Orleans gave me a crash course um, in personal growth and healing. So um, and finding my passion and all of these things. So yeah, stay tuned for next week. And I'm excited to share those lessons with you guys. Um, yeah, I love you and I will see you. Oh, you'll hear me next week. All right. Bye.